This is the Women Encouraged Podcast, and I'm your host, Bethany Berendrecht. We are all about growing in Christ and being shaped by His Word, so it's a joy to welcome you here to these conversations about loving God, loving His Word, and growing in faithfulness to Him. Thanks for being here. Hi, friend. Welcome back to Women Encouraged. It's great to have you here for another conversation, and I'm so thrilled to share this episode with you because I, like many of you, have often had lots of parenting questions that I just can't find answers for in a typical parenting book. But today I'm talking with Christina Fox about changing our parenting questions from how to who. Who is God and how he parents us and why does that matter for our parenting? Well, let's dive in with Christina Fox, who is just such a great author and such an encouragement with really down-to-earth and practical words of wisdom to share with us today. Let's get started. Well, welcome, Christina. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm very excited to have this conversation. I've been loving this book and it's ministered a lot of grace to me as a parent and just excited to dive into this with you. Welcome to Women Encouraged again. Thank you so much for having me. Would you just start us off by giving us a little introduction to who you are and your life and the work that you do? Well, like a lot of women, I wear many hats. I do a lot of things, juggle many plates. I've been married for the last 25 years. My husband, we met in college, a small Christian college, government college in Georgia. And we have two teenage sons. One's a freshman and one is a senior. And we've been a homeschooling family for a long time. I'm also very involved in women's ministry at the national level and in my local church. I do a lot of retreats, speaking at retreats and writing, of course. I love to write. I love to mentor writers as well. And so I guess, you know, we're here talking about my latest book, which is Like Our Father. I was very excited to see you put another book out. You've written quite a lot on motherhood and on relationships between women in the church and friendship. And I've just always been very blessed by just your down-to-earth style. I also have felt like when I've gone to look for parenting books, like you said you have a freshman and that's my oldest is a freshman in high school. And and then my youngest is, is almost six here. And as we've just kind of gone through the years, whenever I've looked for a parenting book for these different stages, I have struggled so much because I do often want somebody to just hand me a checklist. Like if you do these things, and I and I realize that as I'm digging into a book, like, well, what am I actually looking for here? Well, it looks like I'm looking for somebody to hand me a to-do list to produce good kids. And this book is not like that. This book, like our father that you just wrote. It is not a checklist book, and I would really love to have you share how it's a different type of parenting book, and why Why do you feel like, I mean, is it just as simple as we just want to produce good kids, or is there more to why we want checklist books and why we're drawn to those types of parenting books? That's a great question. You know, this it's true for me. I, I have almost all those parenting books that you've mentioned probably on my shelves, all those how-to books. I know for me that I am drawn to them probably because of my innate desire to control things. You know, I I like to 
I like to know what's going to happen. I like to <laughs> have, you know, a hand in that. And so if I can follow some steps that people have given me and know that it's going to produce, you know, the outcome I'm looking for, then I'm going to do it. I don't, I don't like the unknown and I don't like, you know, not, not being in control. And so I think that's part of it, at least for me. And I think that we're just naturally drawn to those things instead of to just to dependence on the Lord. You know, that, that seems so like not something you can easily grasp on and cling to the way you can a how to kind of thing. And so, but that's not the intention of my book. I, it's more principle based or philosophy based, I guess you could say. I really changed the question of how do I do this to who? Meaning, who is our father? Who are we as his children? And what might that mean for us as parents? And so, really, as we focus our hearts on who God is to us, it then it really starts to shape the, all those how questions that we have. So I would say that the book is really focused on principles of parenting based on how our Father in Heaven parents us. And so I look at all these different ways that God parents us and then how we might, you know, reflect that to our children, including, you know, God's unconditional love for us, his great patience for us, all the ways he provides for us, his training and discipline of us, etc. That's so good. And I... I found a lot through your book, just this very patient demeanor that you have for the parent who's reading this that that has, you know, the typical struggles that that parents just do. And I was very grateful for that because I felt I found myself a lot on those pages reading through this, thinking like, oh yeah, that's me. And I can identify with that there. And, and so you do like like you said, you just use this book to talk about the who and the principles. And I remember somebody telling me a long time ago when we were really early on in our parenting journey, just that there's a difference between principles and methods. And when we have biblical principles, it is much easier for us to find the methods that we need to use with our children. And I think that when you're talking about like wanting to have control, I think that might be my tendency with why I need a, a checklist or I, I feel like I want that to-do list is needing or, or feeling a desire for control. But then also this, this feeling that if I just had the correct method, there would be security in, in the outcome. And I could just rely on the, the formula and I wouldn't have to do quite so much work to figure out what method I need to use because each of my children has been different. So while we've maintained consistent principles or the, like Lord willing, we've maintained consistent principles throughout our parenting, there have been times when we've had to apply different methods for each child because like, oh, that's not going to work with him because that doesn't reach his heart or that particular type of discipline isn't going to minister to him and he's not going to um, respond to it the same way his sister will or something like that. And is there, I'm going to jump forward a little bit in our, in the, in the conversation here to just talk really quickly about why, how does that work itself out in the way that God parents us and the way he is our father in with the principles and methods, because God's character is consistent throughout scripture, but he doesn't always do the same things with everybody. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I do address that a bit in the book and just how, you know, he meets us where we're at. You know, he 
he doesn't expect us to be further along than we are. You know, he ministers to us right where we're at. He, you know, just as we would with our children, you know, training them where they're at developmentally, where they're at in their age or in their maturity. The Lord certainly does that in our own lives. And I think we can all think of different ways he's done that. And just as we see in the way he sanctifies people differently than he does, you know, we're, we all have different sanctification stories. I think that we can think of that in terms of our children and how we are going to respond to them differently, train them differently from each other, possibly depending on their own, I don't know, everyone has their own like temptations to certain kinds of sins or certain weaknesses and just certain ongoing struggles. And so I think, like you said, with, with your own children, we would, we all kind of need to just think about who is this child? Where is she, you know, developmentally, where is she in just who she is and, and how can I meet her there? That's really helpful. I really love that point about the way that the Lord sanctifies us is different from one another. And yeah, that is a actually a very comforting thing that God's going to sanctify me and my children the way we need to be sanctified in the place that we're at. When you start off the book with chapter one, you talk about right away, just laying the groundwork at creation, how, who God is, his nature, his attributes, and the differences between communicable and incommunicable attributes. And then just how, how the fact that we are image bearers and we're parents of image bearers, how does that impact the way that we parent our children with that, that understanding of the way we've been created to image God? Yeah, right out in Genesis 1, that's where we learned that we were created in God's image. We were created to mirror him, you know, to those around us. And we do that by doing what he does. And, you know, we see this when, when we're creative, you know, when we take a picture of something amazing out in the world or we paint a picture or whatever creative that we might do, we're imaging God. We image him when we rest from our labors. But we also image him as parents because God is our parent and he parents us. And so when we parent our children in the ways that he parents us, we're you know, doing what he does. We image him to our children. And one of the things I point out in the book is that we as parents are often the first people to introduce our children to their father in heaven. And so when we show them what who he is by what you know by what he does we you know we image him to them and you know our father is a perfect father and really who who better could we model our parenting after than than after him yeah that's so good when when you talk about god as our father there are probably listeners that are struggling to understand god as father that's that's a phrase that's very common and throughout scripture and in in church like if you attend church you're going to hear god as father and father son and holy spirit that's our trinity when we pray we pray to god our father who art in heaven so why is that title so significant why does it matter to god that he identifies himself by that name it's a great question uh, and i do spend the beginning portion of the book kind of unpacking that we see this throughout scripture, as you mentioned, you know, Jesus teaches us to pray our father in heaven. He reminds us that, you know, 
It's our father who provides all of our needs. And sometimes we might treat that as just like a name or a title that we give God. Uh, We might think of it maybe as a metaphor that just helps us to better understand, you know, what he does. But God isn't like a father. God, father is who he is to us. You know, the Bible tells us that before time began, God chose us to be his own in Christ. He adopted us as his children. And so we belong to him. We are his heirs. We have all the rights and privileges that come with being his children. I mean, just think about what that means. God is our father. That means that we we cry out to him and he hears us. He meets all of our needs. He watches over us access from evil he teaches and trains and disciples us and so you know i think that that's just an important truth for us to understand as believers so what happens if we actually live in a pattern of forgetfulness that we belong to our father as his children what what are some of the consequences of that well i think that we return to living like an orphan rather than adopted child. And if you can just picture, you know, an orphan living on the street, we are essentially just feasting on the scraps of this world while there's a feast waiting for us in the king's castle. You know, we're living as though we have nothing when we have everything. That makes me think about when Peter talks about that somebody who is forgetful of being cleansed and washed and forgiven, and that's what when we're living in patterns of forgetfulness, we go back to old ways and we don't take advantage of the riches that God has actually provided for us. You also go into discussing consistency and boundaries and the way that we image God by providing those for our children. And I know that's kind of a big topic for a lot of parenting books. That's that's a huge theme in most of them, I would say. Um, but how how are those two things specifically important as we image God for our children in those ways. And would you just speak to that? Yeah. And, and this, especially this aspect of God being consistent is really speaks to my own heart, uh, especially over the last couple of years when it just seems like everything is just like constantly changing and, you know, it's hard to know what to trust in or rely on or or what's going to happen to just really, depend on that truth that God is unchanging. You know, the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means that, you know, what he says to us isn't going to change. If he says, I'm going to do this, then he's going to do it. If, you know, his love for us is not fickle, he's not going to just decide one day that he doesn't want to have anything to do with us. He's not going to change the rules on us. And so this means we know what to expect from him. I think we also see that he values consistency just from me, look at the world around us in that there's this structure, you know, we, we know that the sun is going to come up tomorrow. We know that if we throw something up in the air, it's going to fall back down. And then we also see the consistency or that he values that just in the ways he's established rhythms for his people, you know, uh, Sabbath rest, if you think of like the, the different celebrations he established for Israel in the Old Testament, and then also in the rules that he sets, you know, that shows that, you know, there are clear boundaries 
there's right and there's wrong. And so that shows that as well. And, um, you know, I, I think that in terms of our relationship with him as our father, we know what to expect from him. We know he's always going to relate to us that it, in a way that is consistent with his character. We know that when we have a need, he'll provide it because that's who he is. He's Jehovah Jireh, the provider. You know, the Bible gives us promises and we know we can trust in them because God is consistent and his word does not change. And so in all those ways, uh, you know, it's just beautiful in thinking about how he is our father in all those ways. And that practically speaking, we can image him to our children in the ways that we are consistent. You know, when we establish rhythms and routines for our own family, whether it's, you know, the special story time we have at night before bed, just the way our, our day kind of flows in a normal, typical pattern. Our children know what to expect, you know, at noon. They know it's going to be lunchtime or they know when their nap time is. and you know, that when we respond to them in a certain way, they know they know what to expect from us. And then they also know what's expected of them. And so I think that is another way to image him. And then in terms of boundaries, you know, I you know, God has certainly set boundaries for us in his in his word about, you know, what is wise and what is foolish and, and what is true and what is not true and I think that when we um, set rules and expectations for our children, we're imaging the father in the same way. So, I really appreciated one of the things that I just kind of picked up in reading those chapters about consistency and boundaries was just the way that God's love is demonstrated to us through the boundaries that he places. I know Psalm, I think it's 16, says that the, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And we often think about the list of commands is a do and don't list. And and when we actually think about God's goodness being provided to us through 10 commandments, just this limited list, and then Jesus even narrows that down to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that those are good things, that those actually provide us clear structure and safety and security, knowing that we are obeying the Lord and that that, that there's always blessing with obedience, that we can know that he's pleased in that way. And it's just thinking about how do I take that principle and apply it in my own parenting? And in our home, we haven't chosen to have like the long list of rules. I know that some people have like do the, you know, our family ways, or um, they might do a big thing on the wall or something like that. We've had a very limited couple of rules and it's pretty much obey the Lord, <laughs> obey your mom and dad kind of it, you know, and, and I, but at the same time, like knowing that my children know what to expect from me, it gives them confidence. It, it gives them safety in knowing that I'm not going to a start heaping new instructions, like new burdens on them that they have to carry. Like, Oh, I was supposed to be doing this thing this whole time. And I didn't know about it. And then also that, if somebody else is in sin because they're disobeying this thing, then I'm also going to be dealing with that. And, and that provides a safety for them as well and a structure and knowing that I'm not going to let somebody get away with mistreating you or something like that. And yeah, I just, I was just kind of loving how 
God's love for us is demonstrated in his consistency and the boundaries that he places. And just that came out really clearly in those chapters. I was very thankful for that. You also talk about discipline and punishment. And those are two concepts that often get confused. Why are those different? Well, I would say punishment. Jesus bore our punishment for our sins at the cross. And that was where God exhausted his wrath upon him for us in our place. And this means there's no more wrath left for us. And so, you know, when we think of, you know, God giving us a consequence for something that we've done, let's say we've sinned, he is not punishing us. Um, That's already taken place on Jesus. But what God does do is discipline us. And discipline means training. And so, and the Bible tells us that God disciplines those he loves. um, And so he teaches and trains us what it looks like to live for him in this world. Sometimes, you know, when we sin, we might experience like a natural consequence for, for that sin. Sometimes God also allows challenges and trials into our life. Um, and that's, you know, to strengthen and shape our faith or to teach us to depend on him. But he doesn't punish us. So in terms of our own parenting, when we are parenting, you know, if our children have done something wrong, we need to think of it in terms of training them. Not like getting back at them, you know, giving them some sort of retribution or something. You deserve this because you did this. Instead, we want to teach them what is right and wrong. Uh, We want to help them learn what to do next time they're faced with a similar situation. Reminding them, you know, you are a sinner. You need God's grace. Jesus died on the cross for that sin. And we need to pray, confess, and repent and turn from it. If we're dealing with sin as though we're, it's our job to mete out punishment and we actually completely miss the opportunity for the gospel to be brought into that situation because, or we skip it altogether and perhaps we've forgotten it. If, if, you know, our child sins and our response is, well, now you have to pay, (laughs) then we are completely ignoring that actually our child cannot they're not capable of paying for their own sin. And that's not our job to make them do that. And God hasn't made us do that. And so our job is to communicate the gospel and train and teach consequences. And if if you've got a parent that's confused or they're or they're struggling and they're worried that they're messing up those two and they're what what can they do? Is there some encouragement you might offer somebody who's really worried that they've been confusing punishment and discipline this whole time? Well, part of it, I think, would might be of just doing uh, a heart evaluation. You know, what is my heart posture in this? Am I responding out of, you know, some sort of vindictive anger? Like, you did this to me, so now I'm going to do this to you <laughs> kind of thing or is it just you know a desire to teach them and train them and, and help them to mature um or to learn from what they've done so part of it i think would be a heart posture but also i would say pray about it you just ask the lord to help you see the difference in your own life see the difference in how god has responded to you and then pray that he'll give you wisdom as you encounter that. That's really encouraging. There's so many of us who, you know, I've talked to so many women who 
say, I didn't grow up with a parent that did X, Y, or Z, or I grew up with a mom who yelled all the time, or I grew up in this kind of an environment. And there's that fear that we're doomed to that, or we are, or we'll never escape bad patterns or generational issues in our families. But like, I love what you say there that pray, just ask the Lord and you can trust that he's going to be faithful to meet you in your parenting. He's going to be faithful to carry you along and to reveal where you've been getting things wrong and just be confident in receiving his forgiveness and and confess it to him and receive that forgiveness and just trust that the Holy Spirit is at work. He's going to do his work in you and in your children. So thank you for sharing that. I found that this book was just so rich and deep and actually very moving to me. I was I know I asked you if you would share how how God grew your understanding of him as your father as you wrote this book and just how he had revealed himself to you either before you wrote it or maybe more so during your writing. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, so this just this whole topic is something that I guess the spirit has been just like gently prompting my heart since my kids were, I guess maybe school age. And, you know, I might get frustrated at the fact that they're still doing things that I've taught them over and over. And I'd be like, how many times have I taught you this? Why are we still struggling with this? You know, or I would just find myself impatient or irritable about different things. And the Lord would just kind of gently tap me on the shoulder, like, hey, uh, have you noticed all the times that I have had to reteach you things, you know, or how many times you have stumbled into the same sin or, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's just been something that's been on my mind since then. And then it intensified as I got into the teenage years. And so I was just really thankful that Moody gave me the opportunity to kind of dig more into this. And as I did, it just, it was really ministry to my own heart in just really thinking through how the Lord has parented me and how, you know, he's a perfect parent and how he loves me perfectly and he's patient with me and all the things that I discuss in the book. It really was a ministry to my own heart. And so I am very thankful that I had the opportunity to, to dig into it. That's great. I love that. Where do we get to find you and your book online? If if someone is searching for this, where will they find it best? Well, my website is christinafox.com. And so if you want to follow me like on social media, you'd find me at Christina R. Fox on Instagram. I have a Facebook page, um, Christina Fox Author. But my book is going to be a lot of different places. Certainly Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Christian book distributors, Moody publishers, you can find it there as well. So all of your major book outlets. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you again so much for this and for writing the book. This is a true gift to the church and I'm very thankful for it. Just blessings on you and praying that the Lord will use this. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, very much enjoyed it. Thanks again for being here. I hope that this was a blessing to you and that you feel encouraged to look to God as your father and to imitate him in your parenting. Like Christina said, you can find her on Instagram at Christina R. Fox, and you can find her on her website at ChristinaFox.com. You'll find show notes on our website, women-encouraged.com. 
www.womenencouraged.com. And as always, you can find us on social media at Women Encouraged and on Facebook at the Women Encouraged page. Thanks again so much for being here.